Joel Siegel of Good Morning America says you're gonna love Back to the Future. This movie is the big one. Four stars, highest rating, a jewel of an entertainment. Gene Siskel's Chicago Tribune. Steven Spielberg presents Back to the Future, a Robert Zemeckis film rated PG. Also from Universal, Steven Spielberg's magical miracle movie is in a class by its beautiful self, says Time Magazine. E.T., the extraterrestrial, the story that touched the world, rated PG. Now at select theaters, check newspapers. Dear Boris, what's Russia like? I'm really happy you reached out to me on this pen pal website. And as much as I enjoyed emailing with you those few days, I thought typing your message would be a much more personal way of going about things. It's how I like to communicate with people. It's how I thought I was writing to my mother for weeks and my father as well. It turns out those were just frightened strangers. But you, Boris, you are the first real connection I've made online in quite some time. I'm sorry to hear about the trouble you've been in, and I hope this blank check enclosed with my letter helps you get your feet back on the ground. And I look forward to a return on my investment. It sounds like a great, great idea. I didn't realize there was such a market for tanning salons in Siberia. I'm excited to be part of this. But more importantly, I'm excited to start a friendship with you. A friendship with many, many letters and lots and lots of money. Thank you so much, Boris, and I'm sorry we couldn't meet on Skype. Uh, I, I understand your webcam wasn't working, but um, you seem like a really cool dude who knows me. Knows me a little too well, haha, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but you did get eight of my social security numbers right, so, wow. You and I are meant to be. I see this as the beginning of a long, happy friendship. Oh, and have you ever seen Back to the Future? <laughs> Boris, we have much to discuss on this day, March 22nd, 2021. One, two, three. Marching McFly. Marchy McFly, Marchy McFly is Marchy McFly, Marchy McFly is Marchy McFly.
22. Can you believe it? 22 days of Back to the Future. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to day 22 of Marchie McFly, where today, for the 22nd time, I watched Back to the Future. And for the 22nd time, I'm here to talk about Back to the Future, but more importantly, for the 22nd time, you're here to listen to what I have to say. There's a big week coming up here in uh, Marchie McFly. Um, by that, I mean tomorrow. Tomorrow night, my old friend from college, who I watched Back to the Future with, one, two, and three, three nights in a row, back in 1994, I'm going to say, or 95, but I think it was 94 when we did this. Um, he'll be joining me live via the internet to talk Back to the Future, but that's tomorrow. Today, I'm here to tell you something startling. 62 cents. You say, what? what? What are you talking about, Mike? What do you mean? I did a little research. You know, I thought back in 1985, giving um, a quarter to help save the clock tower was... Not a lot of money, but I thought 1985, you know, with inflation, I'm sure he gave a lot more than just 25 cents. Um, but, you know, it's a, he's a teenager, he's a kid, he might not have a lot of money, but I felt like a quarter, that you could play a video game for a quarter. And nowadays, most video games, if you go to an arcade, are like two tokens or three tokens or three quarters, depending on where you go. I go to Fun Spot in New Hampshire. Uh, well, I used to before when you could do these things. We will go back again. But my point is, I thought by giving a quarter, maybe he gave a buck in today's, you know, numbers. But I, I did a little research. And it turns out, if I'm looking correctly at the right site, and this site is to be believed, that the dollar from 1985 today is worth $2.48. So if you divide that by four, you know, to get a quarter of that, 62 cents. Marty McFly, in today's standards, if a woman came up and shook that coin thing at you, save the clock tower, and you said, okay, lady, here's 62 cents, she would spit in your face, and then she'd spit in Jennifer's face, too, if you were Marty McFly, I'm saying. 62 cents. Jeez, Marty. I mean... That wouldn't even buy a gallon of gas. Dollar nine at the Texaco across the street. This is what I'm talking about here, folks. This is the research that you get here on... <sighs> what? Weird, I'm, I'm getting a page. I don't usually get a page much anymore. Um, can you hold on a second, folks? I, I should probably call this... This is weird. I should probably call this number. Hi, I received a page from this number. Line secure. Um, I don't know. Who Who is this? Someone who's getting close. Someone who's getting too close for his own good. 
is this is is this Jesse Ventura? I will neither confirm nor deny um, if I am that genius Adonis you're asking about. <sighs> okay. okay uh, well, what can I do for you, uh, person who paged me? Listen. say scent or shit? Scent. My scent. Um, okay. I am going to regret asking this, but who? Who? How about, it's a shorter list, who isn't? I'm talking Hollywood. I'm talking Steve Spielberg. Okay? Amblin Entertainment, DreamWorks, Universal Pictures. All right? They heard me last time when I came in for jobs. Jesse, I think you're overestimating how many people actually heard you. Look, fella, I know what's going on here, okay? Ever since I talked about the CIA using the shark movie as a cover to assassinate Castro, I have been seeing helicopters. I have been seeing unmarked vans. People have been showing up outside my door, okay? So I burnt down my house, changed my name, melted off my fingerprints, got rid of my family, and now I'm living day-to-day, payphone to payphone, and I'm turning to you as my only hope to expose the truth. You know, my landline doesn't have long distance included. You realize that? Can you get to what you need to say pretty quickly? Ha-ha, very funny jokester. You're a regular pile of poundstone. Yes, I'll get straight to the point. All right. Here goes the same man behind the Castro plan, wink, wink, went on to produce a film that was also a CIA cover-up. Back to the Future was actually funded by Big Nuclear to show that plutonium is a safe and effective way to travel through time. What? I said that Back to the Future was funded by Big Nuclear. No, I understand what you're speculating and what you're saying. What I want to say to you, or my first thought is, time travel, it's, it's not real. Isn't it? Isn't it, you ignorant son of a bitch? I mean, if it was real, don't you think I would have come back and told myself to not take this call? Yakov Smirnov, really great joke. But let me tell you right now, do you think every Joe Blow podcaster would be able to travel through time? It's only the very special, the very elite, the very handsome, the very... It's it's you, right, Jesse? You're one of the people who traveled through time? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Look, I don't know who this Jesse guy is you're talking about, but I have bent the space-time continuing to my will. I've gone back far and wide to see films like Predator or The Running Man in the theater and enjoy, along with millions of other people who enjoyed some of the characters from those films. Like the Jesse Ventura characters? How about Yafet Koto and Carl Weathers, you racist son of a bitch? Whoa, 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 whoa. I love them in that too. I just assumed that you saw those movies because Jesse Ventura was in those movies. I'm not sure I see the connection of what that has to do with me. 
Didn't you say you were here for Jogist? And in Jogist, you blatantly said who you were. Oh my goodness, my cover's been blown. I've been compromised. Wait, wait, someone just... Folks, that's why you never answer a page from a number you don't recognize. I um, I apologize you had to sit through that. Shall we, um, shall we go on? There's one note that I wrote down, and I forget. I'm sure I've said this before, and I feel like I have. When I listened to um, the Crispin Glover episode where he talked, you know, it was the interview, and he talked about how he didn't like the family um or the the story or the moral being that like, oh, look, they have all these things. Now they're happy. And I just, every time I see that now, I can't help but think of it. It's like he stuck that in my brain. And every time I see it, I'm like, no, 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 no. They were happy. They were confident. And they generally enjoyed their life. And that led to them being successful, which is a good uh, moral. That's a good moral to the story. Not... Um, success buys happiness. It's that happiness can lead to success. Um, You don't need it to be happy, but you're not going to be, or you're not going to be unsuccessful because you're just feel stuck in a rut and just doing the same thing because that's how George and Lorraine feel, or at least, you know, George is doing his job. He's a pushover. He just doesn't care. And he doesn't, he doesn't even bother him that his wife's drinking friggin' vodka dinner. Um, and that was her big, you know, she was, that's how she got dressed up. Her brother was getting out of prison. My goodness gracious. Folks, you may not agree with everything I say, okay? Uh, just like you may not even agree that Back to the Future is one of the greatest movies of all times. And you can be an idiot. That's fine. That's your prerogative. But folks, most people tend to agree that Back to the Future is an amazing movie. Rotten Tomatoes has it as a score of 96%. There's only 84 reviews. You know, a lot... Newer movies now have a lot more reviews because there's so many more outlets. So I'm sure a lot of these newer outlets haven't gone back 36 years to do older movies. Some have. uh, And a lot of these are also, at the time, probably real reviews from, you know, back in 1985 from major newspapers. I thought it would be fun to take these 80s, these reviews from 1985, or actually whenever they came in, and look up the rotten reviews. So there are a total of 84 total critics uh, here. 30 of them are top critics. So I don't know if the top critics um, all agree with uh, it being good. 81 say it's fresh. Three people say it's rotten. Three jerks. I wonder if any of those are top critics. So I'm going to look at the 30 top critics to see if any of them give this a rotten. And yes, yes, yes. From 2013, really? The Los Angeles Times, Sheila Benson gives it a stinker. She is the, oh, let's see, let's see. She is the, oh, nope, nope, nope. This is from 2000. Someone named John Hartle from Film.com said, So busy being clever that it trips over its own integrity. What? What's wrong with you, buddy? 
Those are the only two out of the quote unquote top critics who said, and I, in film.com, um, yeah, I guess they're still doing it. Is film.com, at least LA Times, you know, is a big reputable thing. I feel like film.com was a thing. Is it still a thing? If you go to film.com, it brings you to MDV Movie News. So no, film.com doesn't even exist anymore. Um, so that's what you get for bad-mouthing back to the future, you son of a bee. So two of the top critics are giving it a negative review. Uh, what Sheila Benson of the L.A. Times is saying... Um, all right, I... Let me see if I can read this. It's This looks like it's the original from 1985. Um, it is the exact tape. To celebrate, we have rolled out a 1985 review of the first film for a look at the past from the future. And guess what? The past was not a huge fan of this widely beloved time travel movie. Los Angeles, Los Angeles Times critic Sheila Benson was very disappointed with the Robert Zemeckis film and called it a whole bunch of names from hollow to overproduced and then some. Here's a full review pu- uh, published from July 30th, 1985. Movie review, a underpowered trip back to the future. I'm not going to read the whole review here, but um, let me just start it off here. Strange how scale is occasionally everything in a movie. In Back to the Future, if Back to the Future has been about the size of, say, Repo Man, it might have been one of those appealing films that begs to be adopted. It's not. It's big, cartoonish, and empty with an interesting premise that is underdeveloped and overproduced. The earlier Zemeckis Gale Spielberg movies like Used Cars were noisy, but they were at least sassy and offhand with a pleasant bargain basement air. But everything here is huge. Even in this California small town with its movie classic town square that, by now, should have a statue of Frank Capra in the center. Director Zemeckis opens Back to the Future charmingly enough in the vacant laboratory living quarters of an eccentric Professor Dr. Brown. Taxi's frenetic Christopher Lloyd, who owns almost every clock but Big Ben and is all set to start up his own elaborate wake-up device. Brown's inventiveness and absent-mindedness cancel each other out. His invention does automatically open and dump a can of dog food, but the doctor and the dog aren't there, and the blue bottle fly and the blue bottle flies are. Okay. Enter Brown's young assistant, Marty McFly of Family Ties, big on brashness and energy, dangerously low on subtlety. You might hope for this opening that we're in for another Buckaroo Banzai. A movie crammed with so much visual and verbal invention and character detail that it is almost burst. No such luck. There aren't enough bits of lovely inventiveness to pad out the gimmick that McFly has accidentally sent back 30 years in the Professor's Time War car. Another nod to Buckaroo Banzai. A plutonium-powered DeLorean. More about the plutonium later. Maybe I am going to read this whole thing. Because I'm having too much fun right now. Um, McFly arrives in the middle of his parents' senior year at high school. We've already seen them in 1985, almost immobilized by their mask-like old age makeup. They're 47. Mother, Leah Thompson, is a borderline alcoholic. Dad, Crispin Glover, is a cringing near-idiot with a laugh-like Mortimer snurd. I don't know what that means. One uncle's in jail. The town bully Biff Tannen plays a tat 
plays a tattoo on dad's head every chance he gets. Hmm. Okay. Uh, here in the past, Marty is in the dangerous position of altering the history he knows by heart. How mom met dad. To his horror and absolutely two hours, he discovers that his mother, now without those pounds of makeup, is crazy about dot, 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 not his future father, but him. She stalks Marty ceaselessly, ceaselessly, me can read, in her bedroom and wearing a strapless dress in the front seat of the car, lusting after him noisily. I mean, she goes on a date with him. I don't know if I, I would say that. You know, she's excited, but she doesn't really... St- okay, she, st- she follows him home one day, you know. If this delicate situation were a tightrope, our acrobats would be floundering dangerously, hanging on by one desperate elbow. Perhaps the French could manage this eau de poêle, eau de oedipal, I'm so stupid, oedipal with delicacy. The crew, this crew can't. It's an extended joke with a faintly rancid taste. Marty's job seems to be heroic. His wimpy father has to be starched enough to turn mom's attention from son to father. Marty must do something to keep the doctor's life from turning out as it did in 1985, and fresh out of plutonium, he must connect with enough energy of some sort to get him safely back into the skateboarding 80s. In between this action, which flails about mightily, there are a few nice moments of nostalgia for a sexually uptight, unlightened past. Writers Zemeckis and Gale spent a lot of time to create one elaborate episode from one nice offstage line as Marty plays Chuck Berry's licks on Johnny B. Good with a bunch of black musicians at his parents' high school dance. Trouble is, an all-black band could never have played a small-town high school dance in 1955. That's probably true. I don't know. There are a few deft moments of comment. The black reform mayor in 1985 was the colored soda jerk 30 years earlier and may have been pushed into success by one chance remark from Marty. You want more of these insights, but but the next time the filmmakers try with McFly's family surprise ending, the outcome is hollow and materialistic. Oh, the plutonium. It's part of the action involving a bunch of deadly machine gun-toting Libyan terrorists. I can't remember when terrorists were last funny, but it certainly hasn't been these last few years. Wow. Sheila did not like Back to the Future. Look, everything she says is not like it's factually incorrect. It's just I disagree with the execution. She doesn't think the execution was there. I obviously do. I've been doing this for 22 days. Um, She was a writer. It looks like she was a writer for the LA Times from, from 81 to 91. She worked for MSN. She worked for a bunch of different things. She was she worked for Seattle for a little while. She did her own blog for a little while. Obviously, the the woman has a, a deft amount of experience. Um, but I wonder. I always wonder if a, a reviewer who says terrible things about not terrible things I should say, but who says who has negative things to say about a movie, um, looks at it and realizes, wow, you know. It just didn't connect with me, or does she ever? I wonder if these people, these reviewers, ever say, "I was wrong." They change their mind, or if they just say, "Wow, I just don't see it." I mean, when you see a movie that has made such a connection with um, pop culture 
and society it turned into a trilogy of movies it's 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 a it's a giant hit on cable i mean people still dress up and people dedicate um like their lives or you know hobbies to this movie this movie still is a tv show on discovery plus now about this this movie specifically and i wonder if looking back they're thinking wow i just you know if they you're writing this think of this movie's going to come and go and it's just not it's just not my cup of tea i just wonder how they think of that like i remember coming out of scream 4 thinking that movie sucked and guess what today i agree with myself then that movie sucked but that's not about we're not here for scream 4 we're here for back to the future and that took a turn i was not expecting to uh, read the full review i just wanted to look to see if anybody who were these terrible people who gave it you know a, a negative review i'm drinking a, 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 a bright zero and i got a little gassy there i apologize i'm not going to edit it because we're about realism here but i think i mean i think we did it right so i'm just looking i want to see um i would like to go and just see the last negative review so the first one was film.com they don't even exist anymore then we had um uh LA Times, okay. And, you know, they're in LA, it's an LA school, LA paper. Um, and that, you know, that is not completely, I mean, that's a reputable place, you know what I mean? But there's a third one that is not a quote unquote top reviewer. And they gave it a rotten. And that person is Ken Hank from the Mountain Express in Asheville, North Carolina. Gave it a two out of five. Said it was too cute, too clever, and too damn smug. And that's from 1982. I mean, sorry. <laughs> How could it be from 1982? <gasps> He's a time traveler. That's from 2002. Ken Hank, who I don't even. I wonder if he still writes or he. Okay. He's reviewed many a film, um, at least up until 2008. He was doing stuff. Uh, but I wish I could read the full review, you know? I can't get to it. But the Mountain Express in Asheville, North Carolina, Ken Hank, thought this movie sucked. Well, Ken, I disagree with you. I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made, and it's absolutely my favorite movie ever made. And that's why I've dedicated this month to Back to the Future. Can you tell it's a Monday after vacation for me? Today was my first day back at work. So I'm like exhausted. But, um, you know, it was fun getting that weird phone call. That was weird. That was definitely, um, that, that took up time, right? I mean, that happened. Uh, I'm excited about tomorrow night. I'm excited to talk to my friend who like face-to-face talking. Well, I guess we're not going to be face-to-face, but like, even talking, I'm not sure we've spoken since we went to a Red Sox game many years ago. I could be wrong. Most of the time now it's just Facebook Messenger. But oh boy, I can't wait to talk to my buddy Jay. He says he's bringing the fastball? Well, I'm ready. I'm ready, but that's tomorrow. Tonight, we nailed it. And with that, my friends, I feel like I'm... I'm tired and I'm slipping into 
the guy who thinks he's Jesse Ventura, and I don't want to do that because that's that's not me. So, my friends, you can find me on Twitter. Don't find me anywhere. Oh, my goodness, the helicopters are back. No, wait. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Geek Mentality. The Facebook page is Fans Not Experts, and the website, of course, is fansnotexperts.com. Until tomorrow, my friends, we'll be back, back for more, back with Jay. Here's my theme song. This is my podcast. I made it. Geek Mentality is what I named it. And I think you should listen and subscribe. Cause I'm kind of funny and awesome. I think that I'm worth your time. And I'm kind of handsome. My mom says, please listen and please subscribe. At least listen to this episode. That's not experts. What are you looking at, butthead?